you do that, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Tales Radio. I am your host, Rob, and I am super excited. It's 7.45 in the evening, and usually I'm, I'm getting close to bed, but right now I'm more excited than ever because I am joined by a, a brother to me, Mr. Kirkland Morletti. How are you, buddy? I'm great. How are you, man? Doing great. Doing great. Super excited. So Kirkland is a buddy of mine. We have gone way back. We have worked together for, for quite some time, and like I said, he is a brother of mine. And Kirkland and I, we've been talking about you know finding a way to, uh, any excuse to just talk some more, and I was like, wait a minute, I've already got a podcast, why don't you come on this show? So, <laughs> luckily I talked into it. Yes, absolutely, I'm super happy to be here. Um, yeah, man, this has been a long time coming. Yeah, long time coming, my friend. Absolutely, man. So Kirkland and I, we wanted to talk about um, I Monster some more, the, you know, the legendary Tales of the TMNT comic book from the first volume. And we were also going to try to later on in the episode compare the comic book to the 2003 cartoon that came out um, many years later. And, you know, both are really high quality for their own reasons. But I figured before we do all that stuff, it would just be nice to give you a little background on uh, Kirkland. So, uh, first of all, he's a guy that I worked with in, uh, I don't know if we want to give the exact location of our school, <laughs> but, you know, we've worked together in the school it's system. The middle of nowhere. Work. Yeah, <laughs> which I miss so much, so much, uh, for for quite some time. And, you know, he's my he's my guy that, uh, I'm trying to think of the first time I met you, but I, I did know right away that he was a wrestling guy, loves wrestling. We love geek culture and everything else, and um, you know Ninja Turtles. Let's see what else? Some animes and all, all kinds of stuff. But we just clicked. We clicked right from the start, and over time we became very, very close. And that's the biggest thing I miss. If there was like a Venn diagram of our interests, about eighty percent of that the information on that Venn diagram would be the center circle there. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Oh, and Beavis and Butthead, there's another one. Exactly, the hill. yeah. <laughs> Power Rangers. Simpsons, yep, yep, yep. We both like to work out, but he's in way crazier good shape than I am. No. Oh, stop it. Don't even, don't even. Uh, speaking, of, on speaking of working out, I want to, I want to talk about that when we start talking about the first couple pages of this comic. <laughs> I know, the Rat King is shredded, my goodness. Well, the Rat King, man, uh, from my understanding, the turtles are, um, I think this is around issue 19 of that run where this yeah. tale occurs and they're, uh, kind of in hiding and, uh, they must have been doing a lot of calf races and Casey Jones must have been doing like <laughs> a lot of lunges or something because, uh, those proportions in the calves and the legs and the, uh, the gluteus are, um, extremely, uh, Developed, I guess, the well, way that they're genetics, drawn. Genetics, yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> or other well, the mutation was still going. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're hopping a lot of fences, maybe. Uh that's it. That's it. Very good. So, yeah. So, I guess let let's start from the the very beginning for you, Kirkland, because I I le- legitimately don't know this because we just kind of use turtles as another excuse for us to hang out some more. But what was your first foray into the turtles? Like, where did it start with you, my friend? Well, I was born in. Um, you know, uh, I was born in 90, even though we, we tell, uh, we tell all of our students that we're like 57 years old. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, I was born in 90, so the the 87 series had been out for three years, and that's kind of around, in my opinion, where it, it you know, it kind of hit its stride. I mean, it's, there were still some hits or misses there, but, you know, it gained a lot of popularity at that point, and probably, you know, it wasn't until I was four or five until I really knew about the Turtles, so... Um, really like the series, like I'd see it on TV and that was just like pure, <laughs> it's like pure sensual candy, you know, the colors and the music. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I knew about it, but I was kind of late to the game getting in with the series. So probably my first, <laughs> my first experience with the turtles, um, the original NES game, I saw my cousins playing it. Oh, wow. The original one. And all the cool kids that I looked up to, like the, at the time, who I thought were uh, my older brothers. My mom had and dad had some family friends, and their son he had some turtles video games. And uh, eventually, you know, I got to play them, and I was just like, "Man, this game's so hard." And uh, <laughs> I got my own. You know, I got uh, eventually I got tournament fighters. And when I played Turtles in Time, you know, that just blew me away. My dad was like, "Oh, that won't be a good game," but. Uh, luckily I talked him into renting it and in like two days, like I was just, I, I don't know why I didn't end up buying that game, probably because I was broke, but, um, <laughs> yeah, we all were as kids. That's probably my er- earliest fondest memory of at least the interactive side of it. But seriously, the first thing I can remember though, about the turtles is we lived in this trailer by my grandma and grandpa's house. And it was around the time that Achy Breaky Heart was out. I I remember that because that was, for whatever reason, when I was four or five, that was like my favorite song. Okay. Uh, my dad comes home from digging ditches one night and he's like, and this is like, mind you, this is like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. I probably had school the next day. And he's like, he was, he was like, all right, son, I got you a, he's like, I got you a surprise. And I was like, what is it? And he's like, it's the Ninja Turtles movie. And he got me all excited. He hyped it up and everything. And <laughs> I was like, we got to watch it tonight. And he's like, no, you got to go to bed. Uh, and my dad doesn't, you know, he he doesn't talk like in that tone of voice. But I mean, you know, that's basically the message that was relayed. Well, I got up the next day. It must have been on the weekend. I got up the next day. It was on, it had to have been on, on a weekend because uh, it's either Saturday or Sunday. We got up and I uh, begged him to watch it. And we watched it. And dude, it was great. I thought it was hilarious. I was just like, oh my gosh, this, you know, we get, and he's over there like rolling his eyes and I'm just like, the turtles, they look so real. And you'll understand what I'm talking about here in a second. I thought it was hilarious when Leonardo told the guy to, he handed him his swords and he said, hold these. Uh, I say that because the movie that I was watching was uh, Ninja Turtles 3. Oh, Turtles the, yeah, of course. Yeah, and um, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world at the time. I thought it was, this has got to be the best Ninja Turtles movie, you know. Uh, <laughs> and then I go back and I watch one and two and I'm like, yeah. Well, you know, the beauty of that is that that was your first movie and you loved it. You know, and it lo- just got that better. Movie gets a lot of hate. Exactly. That movie got a lot of hate, but by itself, it's not a terrible it's movie. It's not. It's not a terrible movie at all. I mean, like... I would go back, you know, I wouldn't care to watch it now, to be honest with you, um, or, you know, like at, at this point in time, uh, but it it does get hated on a lot, but I'm one of them people, I kind of fond, like I told you earlier, I'm kind of fond of uh, thing. I, I don't care to point out the flaws, but at the same time, it's like, that has a special place in my childhood. I'm not saying that it's the best movie 
but uh, I do I do think it gets a lot of unfair. But yeah, normally you, when kids talk about the Ninja Turtles or people talk about you know anything they know about it, it's usually the first movie or the second movie or the cartoons or the 2003 series. Even um, they'll talk about like um, going back and playing some of the games on emulators or wherever they can find them at and uh you know turtles in time some of the some of the high point stuff that's what sticks with them but to me the the first real thing that i can like super remember is the third ninja turtles movie um oh i love that i love that yeah everything every experience i've had from here on out has been just better and better and as a kid it was all like the content was what was interested me you know uh, just Oh, this is an arcade game. Go through here, bash, bash, bash. The colors—they're so great. The music is mm-hmm. always, always, always good. Um, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But uh, you go on, and I got into high school, and I got interested in in the storylines. And I'd go back, and I would—I uh, didn't have a way at the time. The streaming services weren't around, and I didn't really have a way of like buying the comics. So I went on Wikipedia and I looked at the storylines and. Um, Later on, I kind of got into the comics and the storylines, and I was really surprised to learn that, oh my gosh, the Shredder, they kind of do away with them pretty early on, you know, uh, you know, just a lot of things that you don't really think about, like, looking back, originally the Turtles, all their bandanas were red, I believe, so, uh, you know. Right on the cover? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's just like, it's crazy, but now, honestly, uh, the thing that interests me the most getting out of high school it, and and now like and this is like in any form of media for some reason i love reading about the production process and the history and the inspiration behind all sorts of different series but like the cool thing about the ninja turtles is man they drew inspiration i think from a lot of different areas like the first time I heard that it was, I mean, the 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 kind of the uh, play on Daredevil. Uh, you know, Elektra, she has the size. Raphael has the size. They both dress in red. Um, you know, Daredevil has the, his master is stick, and Turtles master splinter. And you know, just uh, and it's like you you look at this, and even in this issue that we're reading here, like it, I'm super, I'm super happy that we are, that we're watching the cartoon, and that I get to see it play out um, in motion because I really took this comic as um, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you when we get there, but I really had like some, a, a lot of um, kind of like I, I'm betting that this is taking inspiration from certain areas of uh, literature and whatnot. And I'm kind of curious as if they play out that type of um, tone in the cartoon, because I know the O3 series is, quite a bit more faithful to the turtle prom runs. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, gosh, you said so much good stuff there, man. Well, first of all, I love the fact that you found the comic books afterwards. I think that's a lot of people because I was very similar to you. I started off with, for me, it was the original 1990 movie, the original cartoon case of the killer pizza is one of the first episodes I ever saw. So I was just basically a, a child of that era and then later on, later on in life, I discovered Volume 4 in the early 2000s, discovered all the comics and everything. And because of that, I was so intrigued, much like you are, to, to find out that two guys, Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman, two guys came up with this idea. It reminds you of um, 
was it Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Um, it reminds you of the same kind of situation. Two guys just created something that would be absolutely legendary. And so, I mean, and it's so fascinating to me that they didn't even have a studio. It was a mirage, you know. It was just a living room where they were they were coming up with this stuff. Kind of inspires you, doesn't it? Oh, it sure does. It sure does. It's the cool thing is it's right up. It's like guys like you and me. I think it's right up our alley because it's like if we were to put something together, you know, we'd probably be spoofing a lot of stuff too. You know, absolutely, absolutely. The cool thing about the comics is that. It, it reminds me of, I mean, seriously, it reminds me a lot of, like, uh, Big Trouble in Little China is one of my favorite movies. And it, the comics remind me so much of that because it's like, it's like serious humor. There's definitely humor in there, but it also, it, it also plays it off as if, it's, as if it's, like, super serious. And I think, you know, if you read it for the first time, you would be like, you would have one of two things. You'd be like, this is so super cool. This is super, super um, intense. Or uh, if you're like me, it's like there's a lot of humor in this. And then eventually you watch it so much, or, or not watch it, but you read it so much, uh, and you start like, it was the same thing with me for like Power Rangers. You start like, I don't want to be disrespectful in saying that it's it's corny. I don't I don't mean corny, but I'm I'm at li- I'm a, a loss of words here. But it's like, no, no, I just, I know what you mean. It's yeah. like wrestling. You watch the characters so much, and it's just like eventually it's like you know what they don't care. They they don't they 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 are owning it. You know. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're owning the, the the spoofiness, and I think it's I think it's awesome. Oh man, I'm I'm with you. That's a great way to put it too. That's that's the beauty of this. Josh and I we always talk about how versatile the turtles are. Anyway, yes. I mean they could be in they could be in space in one issue. They could be in the sewers. They could be fighting gangs. They could be fighting superheroes or work, working alongside superheroes. You can do anything with the turtles. Absolutely. And heck, and even in today's issue. You're facing a monster, pretty much, or at least a person who thinks he is. Absolutely. Um, I mean, seriously, except for, I think, Scooby-Doo, the Turtles have probably crossed over with most of my other, you know, childhood um, obsessions. Uh, Batman, Power Rangers, um, at least in comic, well, the Bat- the Batman Super, or the Batman Ninja Turtles um, movie that came out. Yeah, which was really good. Yeah, and... Um, there's there's a Power Rangers comic where Shredder gets like the uh, the uh, Green Ranger coin, and I mean it's just like mm-hmm. you can cross them over with like everything. Um, I mean, oh, and Ghostbusters too. I didn't know that. That's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That we we, uh, we covered that on Turflakes a long time ago, but yeah, they did a Ghostbusters crossover. I think they even did two. I don't know if I've read the second volume, but yeah, I mean that's just another one. <laughs> Two awesome theme songs coming. Uh, <laughs> did you know that there is like a two two episode anime that came out? Yes, I've never watched it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, with the Muta Stones and all that. Yeah, and and they, I mean, it really it is like Super Sentai or the, or the it's what Power Rangers pulled stock footage from. Uh, you know. They morph into stronger forms and everything. But, I mean, the character designs on that are wicked. I mean, Shredder's, I mean, he turns into a dragon, so it's here and there. But, I mean, the turtles, they look like a uh, Saiyan from Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z. I mean, with the armor and everything. And (laughs) Bebop and Rocksteady's transformations look wicked. I mean, they look better than the turtles, probably, uh yeah I'm, I'm I'm getting off track it's 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 you know it's it it does some stuff really well but at the, at the end of the day you know it's not like the best anime i mean every anime is hit, gonna have some hits and misses um but you know it's another thing it's the turtles are so versatile you can just we were saying you can cross them over with yeah. anything uh, no you're right you're absolutely and speaking of which just to tie it all together i don't know if you're aware of 
the next mutation series, the live action series they did in the late nineties. Yes. Um, I watched that as a, I was about, um, did you really? Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. I watched both seasons. Um, I loved that show going back and listening to the theme song. It's probably pretty low on the list, but the, the actual show <laughs> at the time, I mean, I was probably in fourth grade and it was part of my every day I came home. I would watch that. I think might have come on after Mystic Knights of Tirnanog. I think that's what the show was. Maybe a year after that or something. And then I think Power Rangers would eventually come on. I was probably still watching Power Rangers, like in space or whatever. But yeah, I loved that show. I didn't, at the time, I thought, well, this is kind of taboo. They're putting in a, another Ninja Turtle. You know, there, there's another one. And, and what's her weapon? She's throwing around like these smoke balls. This is like, uh, <laughs> this is like, um, egg shin type stuff from, Big China, you know, these exploding uh, gas balls or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, so so much good stuff there, man. And uh, I'm, I'm excited because you've already brought up some things I haven't experienced yet, so we, we need to definitely cover these things. And um, was it Big Trouble Little China? I still haven't seen that yet. We'll watch it sometime. I agree. Yeah, I th- I, Honestly, I think that Eastman and Laird, if I had to bet, they took some inspiration behind that. Uh, uh, from that in some form or another. I mean, it's uh, that, I think that that movie kind of started that whole type of trend where it's, it's like serious, but there's a lot of, a whole lot of humor to be found in it. Yeah. And I think, I think it's nice to lean into that too. I don't know why it's just, I feel like if you can just kind of go, okay guys, we know this is a fictional story. Let's take the silly idea. Let's be serious. Sometimes let's have some fun sometimes too, you know? Yeah. You can tell when a creator, has joy making their stuff, you know? And that's what makes mm-hmm. it fun to read or to watch. Yeah, you're right. Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be screwed. Yeah, and speaking of which, I mean, this is... So, to put this into context, um, now, Josh, Josh O'Rourke and I, we, we covered this page-by-page page last last episode... So I don't know if we'll, we'll necessarily do that, but, you know, I did want to talk to Kirkland about it because, like you said, it happened around, what, issue 19 in the main run, but this is the fourth issue of the Tales run, and this is basically showcasing everything Jim Lawson can do. So he's really pulling out all the stops in this issue, and if you compare the artwork to from this one to, well, pretty much all of the ones before it, you can see this progression in, in, in the art quality for sure. And, I mean, for this one, it is the biggest probably leap forward that you see. And to this day, um, I think it's a gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous book. But let, let's just talk about it, man. I, I thought we'd just jump right into I, Monster. Sure. Um, what? Uh, how do you want to do this? You want to just talk about some of the things that really stood out to you? I mean, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I went through it and I read it and um... – I made a I made a little word document with some notes, so I've got that pulled up. Oh man, look at you! And I just tried to make some bullet points because I knew you guys would do like a really really thorough cover of it. I mean, like you you guys always do. Ah, uh, we ramble, we ramble. I, I love this <laughs> Me show. Especially. I mean, it's such it, it goes into so much you know uh, depth and yeah, you guys do a great job. But um, ah, oh, thanks for putting me over, man. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a worker, man. Um, or a jobber, <laughs> no I'm way, sorry, no a jobber, way. yeah. Uh, so, um, things I wanted to point out at first, when I read this, um, I thought that when you're, when you're first seeing the Rat King come out of the swamp, I thought, this is almost like a movie where 
and I thought it was a prologue and it wasn't until like I got a few pages in that I realized now this these first few pages of the comics aren't too long after he comes out of the swamp but at first right. I thought this is a prologue I, I don't know I just thought that was a nice little um, cinematic touch but um I really liked <laughs> first bullet point I have down here is on page two just an interesting use of a sundial at first I was like what is that thing? Yeah. And I thought, oh it's a sundial yeah like I said, the first two pages, they read a little bit like a prologue, um, but we find out that it's not far removed from the next couple of pages, that whole cinematic feel. But it kind of leaves a mystery uh, at, at first when I read this because I'm like, who is this dude? Which I knew who the Rat King was, you know, but they really set up the intrigue there from the beginning. So, yeah, it and it, it almost, for, I wrote down here, it almost reads like the opening of many of the PC games that would follow a few years later. You know how, like, they would have those cinematic introductions and not a whole lot would be said or not a whole lot of introduction, but like you would learn things through dialogue and it would be like a little, you know, one minute, you know, CG uh, clip or something. Right. Or kind of like the, uh, the zombie from the first Resident Evil movie, you know, where the the first cut scene with the zombie. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's, that's a better example than I could have ever thought of. Absolutely. Oh, no way. (laughs) Um, Like I said earlier uh, in page three, uh, I really like how this was drawn. The, the, the proportions of, I, I'm coming to find that like, if, when I, when I looked in high school and I looked at the, the, the Turtles Prime, I was like, man, that, that artworks, it's like, it looks squished down from what I'm used to. Cause I was used to the 87 series and some, in the 03 series, but I'm like, look kind of weird. But now I go back and I look and I'm really starting to appreciate it. It's got like a signature feel to it portions of the turtles and Casey's muscles are they're very interesting um <laughs> like I said apparently none of them skipped training their calves and Casey I in know, particular geez. yeah must have done a lot of um lunges or maybe uh, for the time uh, some Jane Fonda workout tapes I'm, yeah, I'm not sure which but whatever he's doing it was working it was working it was working it and then nice. and then I, I come back to say page four in fact Casey probably should have competed at bodybuilding or something because look at those triceps. The long head on it is just like <laughs> the insertions are insane. I know. Jeez. Yeah. And then it, we get a, to a cut of the Rat King's, uh, the, these eye shots, these eye cuts. And that's very, you still see that somewhat in like anime, um, but it's more of the action anime that, that or like Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Super did it a lot. But that's, you know, that's kind of a callback to the older anime. But this had a very, almost like an 80s music video feel to it. And uh, I, I really loved it. The cool thing is, the Rat King's kind of a, a I don't want to say a blank slate, but I mean, it's crazy because at the beginning he sees the turtles walk into this building. And I read the little inspiration behind that building too. I thought that was really awesome. Um, oh, I don't, I don't know what, what that is. Yeah, he, talking about uh, the artist talking about uh, Master of Puppets, and it's it's at the beginning of the, it's like the foreword. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, you're looking at the the scans, aren't you? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, see, yeah, I forgot about that. See, um, I, I'm looking at the color classics version on on my digital uh, or my iPad, and it doesn't have that inside cover, the foreword there, so. Yeah, what did it say about that again? Um, well, basically, he talks about, like, in the summertime, I remember him talking about, like, the, the uh, sensory language he was using was, like, uh, the heat, where he could see, you know, how when, when the uh, 
when it gets hot on the pavement, you'll see like the, the waviness. Mm-hmm. He was kind of talking about how, how hot it was and he would see that creepy old abandoned building. And he mentioned Metallica's master of puppets. I think, I think that was, was it Ryan Brown who wrote it? Cause that sounds like something he did. Yeah. 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 Okay. He was the anchor. Yep. And, um, yeah. So what I'm looking at, the only color pages are the, uh, the covers, the front and the back. But it's cool. Uh, the Rat King, they, he said, they are, I mean, he's thinking they're monsters, you mm-hmm. know, just like me. It's, uh, I go on to page 11 and say, just put in parentheses, irony, the, the, the years of solitude have granted me the ability to, to spot a lie. So like, I'm trying to pull it up here. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I'm so good at reading body language from being around nobody, literally. <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> And I love that because there's so much humor in that. But he's serious. That's what I'm talking about. That serious humor. He's just like yeah. so serious about it. But it's like it's just like the most ridiculous to me when I read it. I'm just like, this is hilarious. Um, yeah. Well, you still got me torn up about the uh, the eye shots and the feeling like an '80s music video. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> like, like I'm, now I'm trying to like picture which song would fit perfectly with that scene. <laughs> I'm thinking. Uh, I just died in your arms tonight. <laughs> no, no, I'm thinking. Uh, um, that rainbow song, um, it'll come to me later. Uh, the uh, one that got banned in England for using the hypnosis thing. <laughs> uh, I'll think of it later. I'll, I'll have to text it to you later. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, good. you were seeing so many crazy eye shots of the Rat King. Like here uh, on page eight, <laughs> he's hiding behind that building. They probably come here in hopes of taking my place. I mean, he's just so serious. But they don't even care. They just want to go in there and see, you know. They're raiding my place, man, and he's like super paranoid. And uh, I mean, you, you just look at him; it's like he's humongous. <laughs> you know, it's like anybody else would be scared of him, but he's just like, oh my gosh, it's go time. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's right. You're you're reading the black and white, so there's a scene on page ten too where uh, Michelangelo he's walking through the doorway, and you see the Rat King up against the wall, and yes. you know, with the black and white. It's so much more effective to me because you can barely see that he's there. So it would be so easy to miss. Yep. And then he uh, – <laughs> I mean, I don't know why he had to use a stick, to be honest, as big as the dude is. But, well, you know, I know. maybe he was scared of them tur- uh, turtle calves. I don't know. But, I mean, speaking <laughs> of which, though, I, I think I even wrote it in the notes here. We begin to feel uh, for just how conceited the Rat King is. Uh, comedic actions, but he buys in, he buys into himself to be horrendous. So, like – his personality is almost like a clown, but he takes himself so seriously. Like he's just horrendous monster. I mean, his actions, you know, obviously he's, but that's before he cracks Michelangelo upside the shell. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I, I'm sorry. This dude just cracks me up. I said, not me, but the, the rat king just cracks me up. But I mean, I'm thinking uh, apparently he must work out too. Cause everybody in this comic is huge. Look <laughs> at the rear delts on the rat king and the, uh, the lateral delts and everything. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> He's this, uh. Yeah, what was he doing before he went to the swamps? That's what I, I don't know. know. I mean, he's. Curl, curling tree trunks? The, he's the hairiest, most ripped mummy <laughs> that I've ever uh, seen in comics. Um, now here's where I said I was interested to see the, uh, the cartoon because he leaves Michelangelo tied up. And Rob, if you had to think of one book where somebody gets left tied up, um, Oh, uh, Pit in the Pendulum. Who? The Pit in the Pendulum. Actually, no, that's not what I was thinking, but that's a really good one. Oh. Um, Poe, I'm thinking Shelley. Have you ever read the original Frankenstein? Oh, Frankenstein. Yeah, of course. Because he makes the monster. 
and the, he makes Frankenstein's monster, and he's so horrified that he just leaves the thing tied up and runs off and stays somewhere else for like a month. I mean, can you imagine what the monster was going through? You know, and and honestly, I swear because it it sounds terrifying. I mean, if you put yourself in that situation, it'd be terrifying. But it's kind of like that uh, scene on Chappelle's show where Chappelle uh, the Prince beats him so bad, and then he serves him pancakes. I mean. <laughs> Reading Frankings, Frankenstein was kind of like that for me. I'm like, that's horrible, but it's kind of hilarious. I mean, I can just imagine the monster just laying there like, you know, he doesn't know how to talk. So he's just kind of looking around like, when's this dude coming back? <laughs> see, see, guys, listeners, this is the beauty of podcasting because Josh and I, you know, we had our own way of reviewing it. And then I hear Kirkland comparing it to Chappelle's show. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, it's great. It's great. It's like I never would have thought of that, but now I will not be able to not think about that. <laughs> the the intent was to compare it to Frankenstein, but you know, <laughs> but you know, here's the thing about it though. It's kind of like Michelangelo. He's kind of the cut up of the group. You know, yeah, it's yeah. it's like yeah, he's tied up, but um, I think he's kind of got that same mindset. You know, it's it's just like. There's something funny about this situation. You know, he's got to get out of it, but there's going to be some sort of comedic relief there. I'll tell you, what What did you think of the the page 13 into 14 where um, the progression in time? This is one of my favorite shots in the whole book where it shows the turtles way in the distance and you see the, the an overhead shot of these old abandoned factories. And then you see the sun setting in the distance on the next page. And I just love that progression in time. And that's just like one of those iconic horror movie kinds of shots. Yeah, dude, I do. Especially with like, I'm noticing with like a lot of the Ninja Turtles comics that I'm reading, I like these panned out shots. Me um, too. And I noticed you talked last week about The Last Ronin, how when you have big scenes, big fight scenes, I know this isn't a big fight scene, but you can have those uh, those shots where they're up close and, you know, they're like, almost like quick cuts, like in an action movie. Or you can have like this... Uh, Jet Lee's that movie one at the main end where he's fighting mm-hmm. spoiler alert he's fighting a bunch of uh, other Jet Lee's I guess and it like zooms out and you see the whole the whole field of battle I'm finding in the Turtles comics I really like these panned out shots me too I always have yeah yeah they and, and that is that is kind of creepy dude it's like this old abandoned it's not a sawmill I don't really know what it is but it's these these factory buildings the smokestacks and everything. I really like that. Um, not to take away from the close-up shots, you know, but... The only thing that um, it reminds me of is, I don't know if you've gotten to read the first issue. I'm glad you brought it up. It seems to be almost like a stable in a lot of the early Turtles books, those panned-out shots. In the very first issue, I remember the... I think this, this the line in the shot is, the dialogue line is, we fade off into the night or something like that, or we... we Fade. I, Lord, my turtle fans are going to kill me for this. But there's a great just shot where the turtles disappear down the sewers, and you just see this panned out city street shot, and it's one of my favorite pages in the entire book. And what's so fascinating about it is, I think either Kevin or Pete, one of the two creators, was about to cut that page because really it didn't tell a lot about the story, and they didn't have many copies of or didn't have enough money to print so much. So they were debating on cutting that shot. But it, like I said, it ended up being my favorite one in the entire book. And here's just another example of that. And they, they do a lot of that. And I think it's just the line work, the details that you see in the background to really kind of put it in perspective that, you know, hey, our, 
our turtles are in this, you know? Yeah, these are, and it's the same, it's kind of the same scenario here. It's not really, t- I mean, it's, it's telling you the sun went down, you know, but the mood, it sets right. a mood, you know? Exactly. And, uh, yeah, I really like that. I think you're right. That, that may be my favorite shot of the comic as well. I, I do like that, 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 that initial, that first page too. Oh, yeah. With the title in the water. Yeah. And then you, I mean, you guys already went through this, I'm sure, but, um, where the, the rats come in and everything. Now, here's the most iconic moment in the entire comic. And you know what I'm about to say. Uh, yabba dabba do. <laughs> Wonder where Eastman got the influence from that from. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but see, that's, the, that's the cool thing about it. And, and it's just played off, you know, like the most serious thing, but you know, it's, it's like, <laughs> fake it till you make it not fake it but you know they're they're playing you know it's today readers would you know kids now would think that they're trolling me except they don't know what yabba dabba do means so so they can just keep their opinions to themselves i love that yabba dabba do and donatello man I, he might be my favorite turtle you know so and he's the smartest turtle so it's like he might be the physically weakest but he's the smartest turtle so he must have said it for a reason Absolutely. Maybe he just watched an episode of it, you know? And then that yeah. that uh, that shot on page 20 where Leonardo killed the rats and the blood's dripping off of his katanas. Uh, very aggressively. Ah, vicious. Woo. Yeah. That stance that he's standing in, it's like, <laughs> is he drunk? Look at the forearms and the and the upper arms on the... I mean, my goodness. It's just like... He was, I would, he was I posing. Yeah, I wouldn't say that to his face, you know? He's one of them big guys that you talk about when... <laughs> No, nah, I'm kidding. And and you know, honestly, I really like I really like the I mean, the more and more I look at this, page twenty, I really like the aesthetics of the turtles in these comics. Because they all right. I'm 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 seeing that they all kind of have their own build. Like if I'm not mistaken, Michelangelo is the he's the physically he's the biggest turtle and he's the like physically strongest, if I'm not mistaken. Um Donatello is the You wouldn't think that'd be Raph? See, I thought so too because of the attitude, but I kind of got to doing some research right. and a lot of people are, are making an argument for Michelangelo. Now, I don't know, but, but then, I mean, mm-hmm. you talk about in the last Ronin where the mutation there, and I know, I mean, they probably didn't even have that in mind. You know, they, they probably didn't think, well, mm-hmm. we're going to come back to this mutation however many years later, 30 years later, whatever. But I think it's kind of, and, and I don't want to say that he didn't because, I mean, maybe he did. Um, but I think it's kind of it's interesting that they left the door open with with uh, that possibility. But Michelangelo's mutation, like you see his growth. Like I went back and I read that, um, and it, like you can see, man, he's getting huge. Like just thinking about that though puts me in mind of uh, all these turtles have sort of a different build. You, I mean, you look at Donatello here is no, not Donatello. I'm sorry, that would be that is Michelangelo. I mean, you look at the side shot there, and it's like, he's probably, I mean, sorry, I don't mean to get all nerdy and everything, but like his, he's probably got a better body composition than any other turtles. Like he's, you can tell by the side of his legs, he's low body fat, you know, um, pretty big dude. I mean, you look at, let's see, um, like I said, Leonardo, I mean, there's not much definition in his legs, but they're humongous. What I'm saying is you go back and you play like the, the arcade games uh, or, or you play Turtles in Time or, or something or the NES games. I mean, obviously, they're just sprites, but really the only way to tell the difference between them or even, you know, tournament fighters or something is the color of their bandana and the weapons are swinging around. 
Right. Mm-hmm. In the comics, it's like these are four individuals. I mean, not just in personality alone, but these are four physical individuals that all have their own genetics. And and I, you know, I I doubt that the creators were nerding out over oh we gotta you know we're, we're going to give them all four different physiques or something. But I think it's cool. I think they and if they did, you know, kudos to them. But I think it's really cool how there's there's a little bit different proportions in each one of the turtles. I need to stop talking about that though because I probably rambled on about that for about five and a half minutes. No, 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 no. But that's that's good. That's good. And it I think it's fascinating too that even in the color classics, which they added the color to these much much later, they still have just the plain red bandanas or headbands. So you still have to go by those little clues like that. You know their physique the weapon they're carrying, their dialogue sometimes, and just figure out, okay, who would say that? So it's fascinating that all these years later, they kind of left the the hints more subtle in Witch Turtles Witch. So so let me ask you, so what did you think about the scene where he actually, like he thinks he's killed Michelangelo, and he looks at his hand, uh, this is one of my favorite pages in the book, and he looks at his hand, and he actually thinks he sees his hand mutating into a monster's hand. What, what did you think of all that? I'm trying to find. I'm trying to uh, skip ahead to find that. Yeah, it was right before the rats attacked. That well, I saw that and I thought, man, that's pretty. That's pretty creative because the way it cuts and the, that's that put me in mind of, of, of anime right there. Eighties yeah, anime, it really yeah. did. I love and I can't find that. I keep flipping through here, but uh, dude, I loved that. I'd forgotten about that until you uh, until you brought that up. I thought that's great. It's almost like a. Uh, I could just see them doing that in live action in the in the eighties or the nineties. You know how they it, it kind of wavers back and forth. Um, I don't know what movie I'm thinking of, but I could definitely see that. Well, it definitely reminds me of uh, that scene from uh, what is it, American Werewolf in London? Yes, where he started looking at his hands mutating. Yeah, and but but it's great because you know you just see, we know that he's just a guy. But he's so convinced he's crazy that he actually believes he is. Yeah. You know, and that he is a monster. He says, I have have completely abandoned the man and become the monster. And see, that's cool because, I mean, honestly, he may be the most dynamic character. Well, he probably is the most dynamic character in the book. Just in in, in the shortest, you know, these few pages. Well, I mean, the, all at the beginning, the tone of the comic is like very comedic. And now it's like, it's almost like a... Harry Potter 6, you know where there's like all those gear shifts in emotion where it goes from, it'll go from like funny and humorous to like really serious and almost like horrific the next moment. It's kind yeah. of like that with the uh, psyche of the rat kid. Well, well, not the psyche, but the uh, the way that he's played off. Because he's like all, right. in my mind, he's like all clownish and, you know, ha ha ha. And now it's just like, and he keeps saying, they're the monsters, they're the monsters, they're the monsters. I'm the monster, and mm-hmm. I, I I really like that. Um, I, I you know I don't know why I didn't. I thought I wrote something down about that, but I guess I didn't. Um, that really did catch me when I read it uh, for the first time. Um, I mean, there's a lot going on in this book, and I mean that's just there's a lot of. I mean, you could argue there's a lot of great scenes in this uh, it's, it's so many and i throw that word iconic around but this really is at least it feels that way for me an iconic issue because we're introducing a villain that josh and i were talking about in the last episode really wasn't in a ton of cartoons 
wasn't really in a ton of comic book issues. But yet he is so well known. And I think the mystique of his character kind of adds to the allure of his character a little bit. You know, the fact that we don't know as much about him. And they have, in later iterations, they did give him a backstory. And I, I'm really excited to, to see what you think of the cartoon episode. But in this, we just know he's a dude that just crawled out of the swamp. That's all we know about him. And honestly, we don't really see anything more about him until five years later in the comic books. So Yeah, I and I like the so way that they leave that open, too. You know, it's like you, you know he's going to be back with the ending of this. I'll tell you one thing we can deduce about him, though. He is too cheap to hire an exterminator. The dude is frugal. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, that's that's all the notes I got. Um, I was going to say, yeah, well, what did you think? I mean, as, as somebody who's probably a lot more un, uh, unbiased than I am at this, you know, what do you take from this issue? Because you mentioned a lot of the humor I didn't really notice before, but I, I see it now because it's a great blend. You've got this horrific villain, all right, who's, you know, unnaturally ripped. God bless him. But... You've got also got the humor of the turtles kind of sprinkling that stuff in there, which seems like typical turtle fashion. It's a nice blend of both, but what do you think? I, I love it. And, I mean, like I said, my favorite stories um, are the ones that go from they're, – they're almost like bipolar in nature. They go from the, 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 these light and humorous, funny-type tones to, you know, it's like zero to 100. It goes from that into like well, like we said, we can see the Rat King now. He's saying, "I am the monster." I mean, he completely flips, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's the to me, he's the highlight of this comic because he just reminds me of some of the kids I've actually worked with, like one on one, where they take themselves so seriously. But mm-hmm. like when you work with them all day, it's just like, dude, take it easy, you know. And I know it's like to them, like the, you know, everything is like a serious endeavor and they're just, it's just comical in, in their actions and everything. And that's how he, that's how it seems like he behaves. He, he almost has, and and it makes sense because he hasn't been around a lot of people, but you know, Mm -hmm. he thinks like, it's almost like he has the maturity of a child, not maybe not a child, but you know. That's interesting you say that though, because you know, the very first time I read this book, you look at the very last page, you know, where, remember, uh, Leonardo throws that shuriken at him, knocks him off that, that edge of that, uh, whatever that was, boiler, whatever you want to call it. He falls, and when I first read this, I felt bad for the guy, you know, and it's almost like he resorted to being a child, you know, he's, he's hanging out with the rats. I don't, I don't know if, I don't want to really spoil it for you, Kirkland, but later on, I, I mean, is it okay if I kind of spoil a little bit about this ending to you? I'm fairly familiar with, you know, the whole, the, I mean, yeah, I'm, go ahead. I'm, 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 I'm okay, fairly okay. familiar with. You, you, you might already know then. Um, I didn't actually know it till much, much later, but in this last scene, he's dead. Oh, I didn't you know? know that. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so that kind of completely changed my interpretation of this. Because we find out five years later that the Rat King has died. In this whole issue, you know, he's been trying to befriend the rats and all these things. And then finally, by the end, in his death, he's now befriended the rats. And what's great about it is later on in the Mirage books, the Rat King actually works with Splinter in in a weird, warped, disturbing way. But it's the Rat King's spirit working with Splinter. Yeah, but it's it's fascinating because 
when I first read this, I thought he was still alive because it kind of sure seems that way. And maybe that was the original intent. Although I'm not so sure. There were maybe some subtle hints that he was dead, you know, at the end. I don't know. Just the way it was written. I'm rambling. Maybe that's why. Um, was it him that kidnapped Splinter in the uh, Tournament Fighters storyline or was it Shredder? Oh, I can't remember. Because I know he's Talk the main about, last boss. The fighting game? Yeah, he's the main last boss. Um, maybe that's why he kidnapped Splinter. That's what I was going to say, but I, I think it was actually <laughs> April that he kidnapped. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, Tournament Fighters came out in 93, and that's the same time the uh, City at War arc was around. You know, it was around 92 or 93, I think. So, hey, same timeline. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. But, yeah, so um, I vote we we also talk about this cartoon. So. The cartoon episode, the cartoon episode, I remember it was from season five of the 2003 run. So I'm guessing it was in right, right around 2006, 2007. I think it's season um, four. Yeah. Oh, season four. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, here it is. Okay. And the director was Roy Burdine. Um, this one came out, looks like October 15th of 2005. So October fifteenth. That's my wife and I. Are, that's our anniversary. Oh well, we should watch this on our anniversary. anniversary. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sweetheart, I got a good one for you. <laughs> Nothing says romance like a raggedy old guy walking out of the swamp <laughs> with killer calves. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Matt, where are you going? Out to a movie. That okay with you? Yeah. Yeah, so so this one here, it's, it's different in a lot of ways, but also, you know, I think it, it's tried to stay true to the the tone and the feel of this particular book. I, I vote we we just jump right into watching it. What do you think, there? Okay, Kirkland? yeah, I'm gonna have to reload this page. Uh, so, all right, guys. So uh, if you want to follow along with us, you can search up "I Monster" in on YouTube, and you'll be able to find this one very easily. And Kirkland and I are just going to go through and watch it and compare it to the comic. If you want to follow along with us, we're going to click play in five, four, three, two, one, and click. I awoke in the mud and the slime of a filthy river. I don't know where. So, Kirkland, I you were saying you didn't imagine him having this voice. No. What, what kind of voice did you imagine? I, to be honest with you, I didn't know. Um, I guess probably the voice that I was hearing on Tournament Fighters or the 87, which is it's, it's completely different. I like this voice better, to be honest with you. I do. Very throaty. monster. And now all will fear me. All right, so look at this here. I love those little flashbacks like that. That's yeah. nice. There's our abandoned factories. I think this looks yeah. very similar to the comic book. Yes, and it looks good, too. I mean, like, very, very good. Is it mm-hmm. Casey's voice right there. <laughs> hey, what do you think of Casey's voice? Right there you go. Used to take the train, train conductor. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Casey Jones. All right, we're going to have to play one of the bluegrass songs. Maybe it's the, uh, <laughs> no, no, the no, ending no. of our, our show. Uh, no, man. We're losing Let's get training. Yes, sir, Mr. Sunshine, sir. So the turtles are not as ripped in this. Well, but you know what? I do... Around the 2003, this this is the... Uh, 
I'm thinking this either came on uh, Fox Kids or Kids WB. Um, and yeah, this was uh, the Fox Four Kids. Yep. Okay. So Four Kids TV. I remember that. I was well, maybe that was Kids WB where I was at. Um, very similar to Jackie Chan Adventures type animation, and I was really into these shows. I mean, I remember watching quite a few of these episodes. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. A lot of people kind of forget about this era of the Turtles or, you know, kind of overlook it because, you know, um, I'm not really sure why. Yeah, because the 2003 or 2007 movie, you know, obviously it was a little bit later. Yeah. And volume four was still going at this time. That Gosh, that's my favorite volume. It's just a lot of people missed out on this one. And the toys, too. Yeah, dude, this was... Oh, man. We can talk about the toys some other time. That's a... I used to think that this the uh, toys came before the Dadgum series when I was a kid. I remember the toys oh, yeah, were... Yeah. Man, they were just... Lotten. Um, but yeah, dude, this series... The animation and everything, it really does put me in mind to Jackie Chan Adventures. And, uh... Yeah. I, I, I thought that this series, especially the way, like, towards the end, uh, I think the movie that, that was made with it, where they... Yeah, they... Yes, yes, and they pull in the Prime Universe and the 87, and I really liked that. Um, I kind of like how they did the Shredder in this series. Um, yeah, me too. I'm with you. Yeah, this is actually my favorite cartoon iteration. I, I love the 2012 series, too, for the humor and, you know, everything else that they've done for the the series and the comics. Mm -hmm. And uh, they did a nice job, but I just really love the 2003 series because they just went sometimes verbatim with the comics, but sometimes threw their own spin on the comics as well. And this is kind of a little blend of both. Yeah. Did he not just? Had he not just lost his mask in the previous shot? I know he's wearing oh, it yeah, now. Oh yeah, look like it. Yeah, yeah. See now, that—that's a difference from the comics, I believe. I don't believe they were like. It seems like they're almost like playing. Uh, I won't say a game of hide and seek, but. Yeah, I think it's capture the flag. I think they were playing. Yeah, okay. And Michelangelo's got it, so he's hiding from him. And I think that's where he runs into the Rat King. Yeah, and they I don't think they were doing that in the comic, were they? No, no, yeah. no. I think Mikey just literally wandered off. I think that's a cool little addition, though. I do, too. Because he's going to go out of his way to hide from him yeah, for a while. Yeah, yeah. That is just sad. And unsanitary. Game over, Mikey. Come on out. The voice actor for Rat is just so good. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Joshua Borg hates it. He's like, that's too New York-y. I'm like, I like it. Well, I mean, I, I can understand that, too. I can understand him saying that. Um, <laughs> but it just seems so fitting. I mean, it's it's one of them things that it doesn't annoy me. I could sit there and listen to it without even watching it, and I wouldn't be annoyed. Yeah. I think I think you and Josh need to talk one day, because I think you, you guys are both Power Ranger guys. Of course, I love Power Rangers, too. It sounds like you guys have read the comics and you're bigger fans than I am, so I think you guys would hit it off perfectly. Oh, I, well, dude. The other podcast of you, of you guys that I've listened to, uh, Booyaka Radio, it's he's a phenomenal uh, oh, co-host. Uh, was Zach? Oh, wait. 
Yeah, that's Zach. Yeah, he, he's a great guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Blessed. I'm thinking of uh, the issue you put out last week. Oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, Zach Norris from Booyaka Show. I'm sorry, I thought that was wonderful guy. I thought that was Josh. I apologize. Oh no, no, you're good, man. Well, that a guy lot, is a good co-host. Of, uh, <laughs> special guest. <laughs> so, what do you think of the design of the Rat King in this one? Um, well, like you said, they're not as detailed in this, um, but you know, maybe he found like a uh, a. Uh, like an electric razor or something, because he's not got all the <laughs> hair and everything. You know, actually, I this do. I do like the design. Um, I, I like the design in the comics better, but um, yeah. But I mean, usually, this this is really doing the comic justice so far. I, I think um, as far. I agree. With I mean, you, there's not a, as big of a quality drop as you would see between. A lot of other uh, series that get made after comics. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, once again, there's a great sunset shot too. Like oh, yeah. They went out of the way to include that sunset. You know, it's getting close to dusk now, and it really adds to the, kind of the tone of the book and the episode too. Yeah, man. And he magically lost his mask. <laughs> no, he, I thought he—I thought he had lost his mask again in a few shots back. <laughs> Your clothes are red. <laughs> you know, you said something earlier. I was like, I was always going to mention a Kung Pao reference, so I'm glad you, you brought it up. He's so agile. Imagine if they just superimposed Betty for the record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Don't let him go. <laughs> oh, this scene would fit perfectly. I'm just a birdie, too. <laughs> and by the way, there was a couple of shots. Ground level shots of the rats running towards Michelangelo. Yeah. That you could tell were partially CGI. Yeah, yeah. It you looked could, really good. You like, could this, tell that at the beginning, too. This still aged well. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I, I thought that when... I, there's There was another CG. Um, I thought that when uh, when you first saw, like, the, the rat's mouth early on... Um, you, I mean, you can tell it's CG, but it's... It's... It seems like stuff from that... From that time era, um, that those early 2000s... They did seem to age pretty well. Um, now it's like yeah, you look sure. at CG and it's like three months you look later and it's like, yeah, it looked good when I first <laughs> saw it. <laughs> yeah, and it blows my mind. This series is getting close to 20 years old. Uh, that, makes me feel, that. that makes me feel old because I remember hyping it up with my buddies at school when it came out. <laughs> The rat can run. Yes, man. He can jump, that. too, man. Yeah. Maybe he should be taking himself seriously. <laughs> There's, yeah, there you I go. Noticed they, they added some, I noticed they added some scars to him. Like yeah. Kind of reaffirms he's been experimented on, which we didn't get in the comic book. Whoa. Should he be able to do that? By all <laughs> human measures? No. Not making me feel any We got one of them uh, eye shots. Kung Fu. Yeah. He's got some what? He's got some kung fu moves. Man. I mean, I tell you. It, it appears so. It appears like he might have some Matrix uh, moves as well. 
<laughs> blurring and slowing down time. I, you know, the only thing I wish they had in this that I think would have made it a little bit more powerful is just some more of the inner dialogue of the Rat King. Yeah. That, just all, all we're seeing is like just fight scenes right now. Well, I'm laughing. Yeah, um, at the same time, though, in the comic, we got some of his inner dialogue, but we didn't see as much of... We, we didn't see, like you said, those shots of him being experimented on or uh, a whole bunch of his abilities or him in motion. All, you know what I mean? So I th- it, yeah, kind of think it's a, a little bit of a trade-off there because he's... Trade-off, yeah. He's... Almost just as mysterious in both comics, just in different ways. Yeah. Or, I mean, in, in the comic and the cartoon. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I love those red eyes of the mice. Yeah, that's nice. They're only rats. How bad can this be? Uh, Casey? Looks like a ratastrophe. Ah! Uh- no! <laughs> And see the kind of there's that CGI shot too again. Mm-hmm. Uh, throw them a bone, Rob. <laughs> Except they don't have enough down there. You know, this is one thing. And see, this is cool. Uh, like, if you remember the old like X Men cartoons, there was no like smacking humans or cutting them up or anything it was always with just the sentinels so just to even if there's no blood or whatever I mean just to see Casey you know slap shot one of them across the floor (laughs) you know it's that's it's pretty cool yeah you know you don't see that a lot anymore Got a little bit of a two-face action going on there. I was noticing that, yeah. <laughs> I like rough kicking the one right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, so this here, yeah, this is new. Yeah. Right, because at, at the top of the um, boiler or whatever. He throws a shuriken at him, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, so this is all new stuff, and I'm looking at the timestamp here. We still got a good nine minutes to go. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the comic, it, it seems to be more of a psychological affair. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean, and this is like the whole production thing that, I, I mean, one of those aspects. You can tell that they, they kind of... It's obviously made for kids, but I mean, there's a lot of things in it that, you know, they, I'm sure they wanted to get right for, you know, the older turtle fans. But, you know, kids, they're not going to be into a psychological story, you know, for longer than five minutes. So, here you go. And honestly, it's, I wouldn't have mind. I mean, 
I wouldn't have mind seeing a fight scene in the comic like that. But I'm kind of glad they, they didn't do that, though, because I really do kind of like the idea of it's more of a, a an emotional, psychological type of affair. Yeah, I'm with you. So they're mimicking each other now. <laughs> See that jump? Yeah, man, that's <laughs> that's wicked. Sweet moves. Yeah, even Mike is like, man, sweet moves. Now why couldn't he have done that in the comic? Yeah. <laughs> Made the same noise in the comic. It's over. Leonardo, I wouldn't walk away, buddy. No, no, he's sure, he's sure. He's he's done. It's okay, it's okay, Rob. <laughs> That's cool, I like that. Great shot. Yeah. Great shot. Yeah. It looks like a Terminator there, you know, with half the face. Yeah. Being a robot. Yeah. It's a T-1000. <laughs> no, wait, no, that was the... <laughs> we are going to play a little game. <laughs> Alright, so a little bit more backstory yeah, I mean, to this guy. I really like that. I do too. So that seems to be his one weakness. That shuriken somehow has triggered his memories of the past, where he was experimented on. And during that moment, Leonardo's attacking, so that's pretty cool. Shell smack. Look. My goodness. I really do like the way that they got him moving on this. Yeah, I love the scope of it too, you know, it's pretty good layout there. Yeah. Fight scene here between Leo and the king. <laughs> that guy's cracked, bro. We can't leave Leo alone with him. We don't know the limits of his strength and skill, even with the five of us. If Leo gets in trouble, I'm the first one in there. But right now. <laughs> to me like Leo's got more than one monster to work out of his system. Yep. Once again, it's all new stuff. Got a chain. Yeah. It's like Road Rash. 
I don't think he needs a bike to get around, though. No. <laughs> not with those, not with those jumps. Yeah. All right. So now the uh, the half rod of boilers torn down, yes. and we got the old domino effect here. Going <laughs> right into that factory building. The old domino effect. Hmm. Oh, that's a lot of rats. <laughs> they kind of look cute. <laughs> oh, speaking oh, of Yeah, there we go. There. The old Scooby Doo fist wave. Yabba dabba doo! Alright, so the Rat King's clinging on Leo. Oh, and Leo just knocked him into the pit of the rats. Oh, pretty gross scene there. Ooh. That's pretty good CG, rats? too. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Drug him in the... Well. Turtles are like, well, our job here is done. Yeah. <laughs> Came and killed a man. <laughs> Went on property that wasn't ours. Killed the dude that lived there. Yeah. I don't want to know. Job well done, justice served, folks. <laughs> Turtles are like, that was some crazy. <laughs> But I will haunt their nightmares for many days to come. I am the monster they will never escape. Everything fears me. Kind of seeing the claws there, too. Yeah. I don't know if they were like that to begin with, but, uh... Huh, I didn't notice that. And see, yeah, in this in this um, episode, he looks like he's alive too. So yeah. it's kind of interesting the way the way they did that. That was a similar. So what, so what do you think of this one, man? I really liked it. You want to pause it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we we just finished the episode. It's very different, well, in some ways, but it's also very similar in in a lot of ways. So what do you think, man? I like it, and you know, honestly, I think that's. Um... To me, that's what that 03 series is. It it it's something new for the time, but it still pays homage. So I, you know, I got no complaints. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. There, there's another. Um, actually, just about every tales issue that we've covered so far, uh, cousin Sid, nobody's fool, all Hallows thieves. There's all all those episodes or all those issues have 2003 cartoon episodes. And just about every single one of them kind of enhances the story by adding just a little bit more or changing just one little detail that, in my opinion, has kind of made the story better. Uh, but I love the imagery that's in that first, you know, in the um, in the comic book that we read today. You know, I have monster for sure. Uh, I love kind of what you were saying earlier that, I, you know, I love the fact that he doesn't have crazy kung fu moves or anything. He basically beats Michelangelo with a stick. <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> and actually thinks he is a monster, which which I really do love. But I really like the additions they made on this as well. So I'm with you. The comic is, if I had to give a word to it, and this is not a disrespectful comment because uh, um, crude. It's it's uh, yes, the, the uh, Rat King's very crude in that. Um, but I, I like it. You know, man, it's it's got that. Um, it's just got that 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 uh, aesthetic feel that I, I enjoy in, in art. Um, the probably the first thing I found when I looked up this comic was. Somebody had commented, not all comics are for kids. And honestly, like that comic, that is more of a teenager, young adult comic. I mean, not necessarily maybe because of the imagery or something, but just some of some of the psychological aspects that are going on there. Whereas the cartoon, you know, it's like your main audience is going to be a kid. But the cool thing right. is, is they found a way to still make it enjoyable for um, some of the comic fans to watch, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And if you you start doing the math there, if you were an original comic fan, the original comic uh, came out in 1984, and then we had the cartoon in 87. So a lot of that crowd, say if they were in their well, – okay, for me, for instance, I would have been – when the 2003 cartoon came out, I would have been, oh, 17, 18 years old, something like that. So I wouldn't have probably recognized the comic – Adaptations, but somebody that was a little bit older than me certainly would have, or grew up with the uh, the comic book certainly would have, you know, an early adult. So it it had a nice blend of both the 2003 series, and then the 2012 series did something very similar. Um, and they even have an Eye Monster episode that I'd love to watch one of these days for the 2012 Nickelodeon cartoon, which I don't know if I have seen. So I know their version of the Wrecking is very different from what we were used to, but hey. All, I'm all for change if uh, the the spirit's still there. So we'll have to check that out one day. Well, the 2012 show, I believe, Crane was different as well, was he not? Uh, yeah, yes, uh, that's true. Cranes, because they, there was an alien, yeah. yeah, there was an alien race of them, and then there was a Krang Prime and everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, the 2012 series did a lot of really cool, neat things too. So, yeah, I mean, I, that's the beauty of doing this show because there's so much – Turtle Flakes, we've been doing that since 2013, early 2013. And I, the whole point of doing that was to see all these different eras of the Turtles. The original comic era, Volume 2, which I've, I don't think I've talked about at all, any episode. So we need to cover those one day. And then, of course, the Tales books, the original cartoon. We've not watched every episode of that on the show. The Next Mutation, we've not watched every episode of that. My, my point is that there is so much of the turtles. We've barely scratched the surface. Gosh, there's going to be something to talk about for pretty much now to the end of my life, Lord willing. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I look forward to hearing it. Hey, and I look forward to doing a lot more episodes with you, my friend. It was so awesome to have you on, man. It it's, was my honor and my pleasure. Uh, anytime. Anytime you need somebody, uh, you know, I'm always up for it. Hey, absolutely. I'm, I'm always up for just catching up and if we can talk turtles, that's a bonus. As long as the power's <laughs> on. As long as the power's yeah. on. <laughs> yes, yes. See, guys, I don't know if we, we said at the top of the show, uh, Kirkland was supposed to be on the last episode, and the poor guy got snowed out. Uh, he only lives about an hour from me, but he's a little bit north of me, and they get a lot more snow than we do. And his power was out when we went to record. So, uh, yeah, poor guy. But we finally got it done, man. Yeah, man. And it was a blast. I appreciate you having me on. And, dude... This is this is awesome. Um, 
needed to touch base with you this week. I needed, uh, this is just something that, um, I keep saying, you know, but I I don't really know how to say it. Uh, it's, it's, I know what you mean. It's just such an honor, you know, um, buddy, same, same for me, man. Same for me. It's, it's, Kirkland and I, I mean, we're just, we're, we're brothers. You know, we are so similar in, in so many ways. Um, he's one of my heroes. He always has been. And I, I'm proud to say that on the show. Like he, he's, he's one of my heroes and just to do this show, to talk turtles with him. Cause I didn't know if you'd even go for it, buddy. Cause I was like, man, I got to find a way. Actually, no, no, my wife, she brought it up. She's like, you know, I know you call Kirkland and everything, but why not maybe have him on the show every now and then? Yeah. I was like, that's brilliant. Yeah, why, didn't I, uh, why didn't I think of that? Well, so. I mean, I love the turtles, but you know, uh, it, it, we could have been talking about golf balls, and I probably would have yeah. <laughs> been happy to do it. Just, right. I mean, yeah, seriously, you you are my brother and uh, my best friend. So, that any yeah, it could have been about any topic. It wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> Amen, man. Amen. So yeah, so guys, hopefully we'll get to uh, do another episode very soon. We'll jump right into, uh, I guess, Tales Volume One, Issue Five. That is in, I think, late. 1987 or maybe even early 1988 uh when that came out i i, I should have taken notes on it but it's, that's where we're heading is so uh, complete carnage and radical yes that's the one yes sir that'll be the next one so uh so stay tuned for that guys and if you have any more feedback regarding i monster or any of the other tales of the tmnt books or just any turtles books in general and you want to reach out to us i would love to share your message on the show um but send us an email at turtletalesradio at gmail.com or you can always give us a call. It's a Google Voice. The number is 865-309-4875. And we'd love to play your message on the show. Um, we did receive a phone call last on the last episode from our good friend Cowabunga Corey. But we want to keep them coming. So if you have any feedback, please call in. All right, You don't want to just hear me drone on and on, especially with my ragged voice right now with laryngitis and all kinds of stuff. Guys, we, we so appreciate the support. We appreciate you all listening. Kirkland, I appreciate you so much for coming on, man. Buddy, I've got a major question. It's a question I ask everybody that comes on the show. It's probably the thing we all want to know. What type of pizza are we going to have to close out another totally tubular episode of Turtle Tales Radio? Lord, Lord, Lord. Um, You know, I thought about this last week. I knew you were going to ask me. I'm going to see. And I know you're not a pizza guy, too. So. Well, you know <laughs> what? Interesting. Well, in my former life, I would have said meat lovers. Um, not that I'm a vegan, but in my former <laughs> life, I would have said meat lovers. For some reason, I'm in the hankering for pineapple. So I'm going to say, even though ham could oh, probably I give me gout, I'm going to say Hawaiian. <laughs> oh, that's great because Joshua Work hates Hawaiian pizza, and that's the one you pick. That's great. And I love Hawaiian. But, that's perfect. You know, normally <laughs> normally I, I wouldn't say that, but, uh, you know, for some reason, uh, I guess the stars were... They were aligned for, for yeah. a nice slice. All right, cool. Well, all right, listeners, once again, thank you so much for listening. And on behalf of my good buddy Kirkland and myself, here's to hoping you enjoy your friends, enjoy your family, enjoy a mega slice of pineapple pizza. Cowabunga, dudes. 